Hi, everybody. Welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Amy Robbins. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium. And here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have Serena Sterling on the show. Welcome, Serena. Thank you all for continuing to listen to the podcast, for sharing the podcast, for following me on Instagram, for following me on YouTube and Fireside. So if you don't know what those things are, you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. That is where I am most active. So if you DM me on Facebook or another platform, even though I have an account, chances are you will not hear back from me for quite some time. Also, if you want to get in touch with me, if you have a story to share, please email me at dramyrobbins at gmail.com. I want to thank anybody who has already contributed to my Patreon page. Every little bit helps me continue to make this podcast great for all of you. And I have so many so many people still on my list that I want to reach out to and continue to provide you all with great content that helps you learn and grow and that helps me learn and grow, frankly. So if you can contribute, please head over to Patreon and just put in my name and my um, Patreon page will pop up and you can donate any amount. Like I said, any little bit helps. You can also find me right now on YouTube if you want to watch my interviews You can also find me on Fireside Live, which has been so fun. My audiences are still pretty small over on Fireside, so it really does give people the opportunity to ask questions of my guests. I have some great episodes coming up that you will want to check out. And part of how you're going to be learning about my episodes is that I am recommitting to my newsletter, which I have been remiss to be doing lately. So I apologize for those of you who are... uh, our subscribers, you have not gotten anything from me in quite some time, but that is changing. So what you can expect if you do subscribe to my newsletter is a weekly update with the show notes and transcripts from my current episode and also a little bit of a calendar as to what's to come. So you can mark your calendars for my upcoming fireside episodes that you might want to be a part of and partake in. Also, you will still be getting that soul wisdom Uh, As you all uh, have probably heard, I am going to be trying to go deeper into my own spiritual work in the next couple weeks, months ahead. And as part of that, really digging into my soul wisdom and really trying to meditate and bring whatever information comes to me in meditation to you all as well, because I believe that whatever I hear is collective for all of us to hear. So you can subscribe to that at dramyrobbins.com as well. I've got a new website coming, so lots of exciting stuff coming that I don't want anybody to miss. So here is today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. So just a little bit about you. You have an MA and a PsyD. You have a master's in international journalism and a doctorate in clinical psychology. You're a certified life coach. And as a journalist in Portland, Oregon, San Francisco, and London and New York City, you wrote health-related articles. Due to your own experiences overcoming chronic fatigue syndrome and finding ways to alleviate your own chronic pain, from years of living with juvenile rheumatoid arthritis, you pursued a degree in clinical psychology and learned advanced stress reduction techniques and assist others in overcoming their health challenges. In 2008, 
you started your coaching practice in San Francisco, Portland, Oregon, and Seattle. Dr. Sterling works with people from all over the world via remote sessions and consultations and cross-refers with physical therapists, chiropractors, acupuncturists, massage therapists, and medical doctors when appropriate. Dr. Sterling is also a speaker and gives talks on understanding how repressed emotions can cause chronic pain, inhibit athletes from recovering from injuries, and how identifying and releasing those emotions alleviates alleviates pain levels and helps improve health and performance. Welcome to the show, Dr. Sterling. Thank you so much for having me. When you when you put it all together like that, it sounds impressive. <laughs> it does. It's a lot. My gosh. But that's like going back, you know, like 12, 15 years. Well, that's that's the story of your life, right? Right. So let's start by talking a little bit about your journey from pain to wellness and what that looked like. Well, I, I had developed rheumatoid arthritis when I was nine years old, and I've always held the belief and the memory that I never had anything wrong with me to begin with, but I always felt like I was second fiddle in my family. My brother, who's two and a half years older, was always getting more attention, and I felt like the only way to get more equality and feeling like my parents could show me some attention was to be sick in my family. But I wanted something like not just the flu or something. I wanted something um, like visible for them to see. So I remember complaining about pain that never existed. And then over a period of a few months, I actually developed pain, like chronic pain that then um, turned into being diagnosed as juvenile rheumatoid arthritis. So that was like the, my first thing. And then, um, and then when I was in journalism school, I got really tired. And then I started working at Spirituality and Health Magazine in New York City. And I was there three weeks before 9-11. And then I was there on 9-11. And I think everything that happened exacerbated the fatigue and, and exacerbated any of the joint pain that I had from arthritis. And so I needed to find answers and the medical approach wasn't helping. So I found a doctor that could really help me and she inspired me to learn the mind-body stress reduction techniques she used on me to get me better. So that's what led me to seeking out a degree in psychology and then learning those advanced techniques. So when you were a kid, did you have a family history of rheumatoid arthritis or you feel like you manifested that to be? I do. And I, I don't... Um, I don't know anyone else's like anyone else who's consciously done this, but but maybe there are people out there who who have. It's to me, it's like the nocebo effect. It's like the placebo effect, you know, and then the nocebo effect. And so I basically like just imagined that, just like yeah, well, I guess the nocebo effect may be different, but I really like got into a role and I pretended that I couldn't walk home from the bus stop without limping or I pretended that I couldn't do a handstand in gymnastics class. I did all these things. And eventually over a few months, I did develop pain. And I didn't know, I couldn't even pronounce arthritis when I was nine years old. So I didn't know what I was creating. I just knew that I wanted pain in my body. And so you had been treated, I'm assuming, in many different ways over the course of time. Tell me about your experience with the, this doctor that you um, that you had that helped to heal you, or I guess helped you open up to heal. 
So Dr. Linda Rendazzo is her name. She's in White Plains, New York. She was in New York City, which is where we both were at the time. Um, and she used this um, technique called neuroemotional technique. And she could, because I just basically went to her, I was desperate to get help. Um, and I've been introduced to this technique when I was in college in Portland. Um, but basically she she would use the fatigue as the entryway and find out what emotions were underneath that and then what emotions were, was I responding to? So instead of like um, just talking about the fatigue and being like, oh, it's so tiring. Like, I don't know what to do. I sleep all the time. She just wanted to find out what are the emotions that I've been repressing that have been exacerbating the fatigue? Was there an, an original event when something similar happened? I never fully processed it. And now it's getting causing me to feel re-triggered so that I have this overwhelming need to suppress my emotions and just feel tired as a result. So how does this technique work? So, um, so if we take the example of fatigue, for example, mm -hmm. um, say someone comes to me with fatigue, then I would use muscle testing to find out if there are, an, if there is an emotional connection. If I find one, then I'm going to find using the muscle testing, using some principles of Chinese medicine, um, what emotion that person is responding to. And then I can trace it back to an earlier time when something similar happened and it never got fully processed. And then they go through a clearing process. They hold some acupressure points. They think about that memory and that clears that one up. And we come back to the present to make sure that that present issue is cleared up and that that just that helps alleviate the physical symptom. And it can be an emotional symptom also, like often, you know, anxiety, depression, connected mm -hmm. to fatigue, things like that. So what is the muscle testing? I guess, can you kind of like walk me through maybe using you as the example, specifically what this looks like? Yes. So can people see me? Yeah. Can people see me? Because I can... I can't actually, because of, so I injured myself. I was telling Amy, um, Dr. Robbins, before you we got on the call Amy. that I, <laughs> well, you have to call me Serena then. Um, Deal. So uh, I fractured my shoulder two weeks ago um, randomly when I lost consciousness and fell completely, like never happened before, but I can't actually like, I can bring my hands up slightly, but basically I'm going to be, I would just be testing on myself um, pulling my fingers apart. There are different ways of doing it, but I'm basically, I'm, when I'm self muscle testing, I'm tapping into the other person's energy, which sounds crazy, honestly. Like, how is this possible across, like, <laughs> across thousands of miles and through the computer and through the phone? But basically, we're all energy. So, um, you know, if you walked into a room full of people and no one said anything, you could still pick up on whether they were sad or angry or, you know, you, you can be in front of someone and you just get a bad vibe. Like that's mm -hmm. the energy. And so I'm very in tune with that. And I've been an empath, um, whether I've liked it or not, <laughs> for a very long time. And so I can just, I can pick up. And sometimes I've had to learn how not to do this, but I used to sometimes take on that person's pain Um Every now and then I will seep through and I'll like be like, oh, is your headache, you know, like right back here? And they'll be like, yes. Um, and so, but the muscle testing is a way that I'm going to be using myself to, to tap into what their body is trying to tell me. And so, um, 
So I'll have them go through like mini exercises, you know, like my name is Serena, I test it and it should be strong. Um, my name is Michael, I test it, it should be weak because I'm not okay with my name being Michael because that's not my name. So the same mm. is true for like a thought, an emotion, a feeling. Um, it can be a nightmare even, like that nightmare didn't happen, but your body responds as if it did. And so mm -hmm. I'm testing that person's reaction to either their physical sensation or to their emotional feeling in their body. So do you, I couldn't see what you're doing with your hands. Is it like this? I know. Yes. Yeah. So I can't bring my, because yeah. of my injury, it's, I can't bring So for up. people who can see, because I've done this before, you ask yourself a question and this one is yes, right? If it gets stuck, mm -hmm. it's yes. If it goes through, it's no. Mm-hmm. And the notion is that the unconscious on some level, the energy, whatever you want to call it, is what tells, gives us the answers that we need. Right. So people can yeah, actually just, do this with themselves all the time, right? Yeah. Yep. And it's harder on yourself, I find. Like I have to be extremely unbiased and just allow whatever's going to come through because I'll be like, no, that's not it. <laughs> right? But when you're working with someone else, like that's just... Nope. Like it's a lot easier to do it on someone else because I have no bias. Like, I don't know what I'm going to find. I just, but with myself, I'm kind of like, oh, I think it's that, or I think it's that, oh, it can't be that emotion. So I have to be very, very clear when I do it on myself. So is muscle testing the same as body talk? No, I have not done body talk per se, but I've looked into it a little bit. Um, I think that with body talk, do they use muscle testing as well? I believe so, but no one quote me on that. <laughs> um, I think that with muscle, well, with this type of technique, which is neuroemotional technique, the one that I, I do, I combine some things with it, but <clears throat> it's really about finding a specific emotion and then tracing it back to an even earlier time. And I don't think that body talk does that specifically. Tracing it back to an earlier time. So, So you would say you know, Serena, you're coming in with fatigue. I just want to understand what this looks mm -hmm. like for people in the audience yeah. who are wondering, okay, they have a physical, the, the presentation should be some sort of physical symptom. Mm -hmm. it, well, it, it can be. I mean, that's what I specialize in, but it doesn't always have to be. It could be relationship issues. It could be anxiety or depression or, you know, other emotional stresses. But I'll use an example that I put in my book. So if we use the example of my fatigue in New York City, mm -hmm. um, she, Dr. Rondazzo was doing muscle testing on me, doing these techniques, and she found feelings like hopelessness and powerless. And um, she was like, okay, so how do you feel like that in your life now? And so then we would flesh it out. Like, how do I feel feelings of, say, hopelessness? Okay, well, <clears throat> it's post 9-11. Um, I'm not making great sense of the world because this trauma just happened in my backyard of New York City. Um, you know, like I'm just writing for a magazine, like big deal. What's So I'm losing all my drive and my, <clears throat> my motivation and feeling kind of hopeless about the state of the world. So then she takes that emotion and that kind of situation and she says to my body, she's doing the muscle testing. Okay, so let's check the concept of an even earlier event 
when there was this sense of hopelessness where it felt like no matter what you did, it didn't matter. Like things are going to happen and you're going to get traumatized anyway. There's nothing you can do about it. And so then she indexes for time and she goes back from like conception, like when you were conceived to Mm. 10 years old, 10 to 20, 10 to 15. And she finds that I'm weak at age 14. And she asks By doing this, by saying like at what age? That was in person. And I used to see people in person until I found that I had enough clients online that I just made the switch a few years ago, even before this whole COVID thing. (laughs) So, um, so she was asking, she was doing the muscle test that way, like arm pressed down. And she found that I was weak at age 14. So she asked those questions to try to find, okay, so something was happening that was similar. Um, and I and the thing, the, the very fascinating thing about this technique is that it will just like, I, I, if I think back to 14 years old now, I mean, so many things happened and it's all a blur. I can't even remember like what I ate for dinner two weeks ago. So, right, right. um, <laughs> but your memory, your, your mind and body just jog up this memory because it's so similar to what you're going through in the present. So I re- recall being 14 and my best friend decided that she didn't want to be friends with me anymore. And she turned all my friends against me and I was hopeless and helpless to do anything about it. And so even though that wasn't a terrorist attack, that wasn't a huge trauma that everyone else in the world was affected by. Also, it was, it was similar enough in that I felt hopeless with the situation or the events And so that's what my body wanted to release. And once I was able to release that, then it alleviated the feelings I had of hopelessness in the present, which then alleviated some of the fatigue. I had to do more of it, obviously, like one one session for, you know, however long that was, wasn't enough. But it definitely started over time. I have a number of sessions that alleviated the, the fatigue. And do you do the same thing over the course of the session? So once you figured out, yes, when I was... I don't know, 14, when I was 14, I had this experience of feeling helpless and hopeless. And this is what it was like for me. And you sort of explore that. Do you explore that through talk? I know in your book, you were pretty anti-talk therapy. So (laughs) I'm curious how you kind of get there once you tap into what exactly, where exactly the issue lies, how you move through it. No, it's a good question. I mean, like the thing is, I was so anti-talk therapy um, because of my upbringing, because there's so much stigma attached to like seeing a psychologist. There's like in my family, it was kind of like, oh, only crazy people do that. Like you're fine. Stiff upper lip, like you're figured out on your own. And then like, which was so ironic, but then I got a doctorate in psychology. <laughs> <laughs> You'll show them, right? <laughs> I was like, I can't believe I'm doing this. Mm-hmm. Um but, and the techniques I learned that I do in my practice are things that I learned outside of grad school. But, um, so I combine it. I combine the talk, the talking, because sometimes I feel like it's necessary to flesh that out. Whereas like this technique was developed by a chiropractor and he found that his clients, his patients weren't, um, their adjustments weren't sticking because they had all this emotional stuff that needed to work itself out. But I would say that because of my background in psychology, I go a little bit deeper and I flesh things out more through what I've learned from psychology of like, okay, why do people react the way they do? Why do they, um, 
you know, why aren't they processing things? Where is the resistance? And so I'll spend more time doing a little bit more talking, whereas other people may just just focus on like, okay, what are the emotions? Like, keep going. Um, and so, yeah, it's a combination. Okay. So you get to the feeling and then you work through it. And how do you know when it's resolved? Like, is it so, is it solely that the symptom dissipates or is there other stuff that you look for? Do you do further muscle testing? Yeah, I do further mother muscle testing and there are different points where I can just like see if there are any more like there are different points on the head and to find out if there are other emotions involved. Um, and then, you know, just sitting with someone, you can tell if more affect is coming up for someone mm-hmm. um, and you can tell whether that needs to be explored more. And you can also tell whether someone's just kind of like fried and doesn't need to do any more work for that session. How do you see um, pain as an expression of emotional health or well-being? I see pain as well as other symptoms, like medically unexplained symptoms, um, various other conditions as a way that the body is protecting you in some way, um, that instead of giving you emotional pain, which on some level and for some reason you have deemed too overwhelming, then the body takes it on and holds it. And it's not actually trying to betray you. Um, It's trying to help you. It's trying to also communicate, but we don't communicate to our bodies. Like we don't speak in symptoms. The body speaks in symptoms. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's our job to try to decipher what it's trying to tell us. And, and you feel like pain is always a manifestation of that? I guess this is, this is something, I mean, we were sort of joking before the show, <laughs> right? And you were like, why did this happen to me? And it's, it's kind of like the concept of Freud, like when is a cigar just a cigar? When is right. pain just pain? Is it ever just pain separate from some sort of emotional wound or experience or feeling? Gosh, I have so many thoughts on that. Um, Yeah, I would love to know why I injured myself because I've never fainted and passed out and injured myself ever before. So was my body being like, you need to slow down. You had all these trips planned. You have to just stay in one place. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. is it that like, or is it something else? Um, And I'm still trying to dig for that question. But I remember um, right when I finished, was about to finish grad school, I injured myself um, when I was windsurfing. And I kept hitting the, the ground in the sand. I kept hitting the sand really hard on my foot. And so then it was so bad I couldn't walk. And I went to the urgent care and the doctor told me that I had fractured my heel and I would be in a removable cast for eight weeks. <clears throat> and and I, so he gave me a removable cast and crutches. Okay, well, I don't know if you've been to San Francisco lately, but just like... <laughs> Walking up those hills with no cast and crutches is really hard. So um, I couldn't get around. And I finally decided to go see this chiropractor um, who does this technique. And within three sessions, I was 100% better. So was it really a fracture or was it like I had so many emotional issues wrapped up around the sport of windsurfing, around getting injured, around like graduating, like all these things were impacting the injury. It's not, I don't think, I can't say that I like, you know, those emotions caused me to have that injury, but Mm -hmm. it, 
was a part of the healing that I needed to work out. But I also would say that like working with athletes, I see that sometimes they can um, accelerate their healing by figuring out the emotions involved. So if someone doesn't heal in a given time or, and I've seen this a lot where athletes all of a sudden um, are doing really well and then they get injured and it's actually the body's way of being like, okay, you weren't ready mentally and emotionally to play the bigger game or to be, you know, like you're fine in the small pond, but if you get to the bigger leagues, you're going to have all these issues. And instead the body takes over and is like, okay, we're going to give you an injury and that'll be your easy out. Easy to be like, oh, it's my shoulder versus like, oh, I've got anxiety. You can't say that as like a baseball player, for example. Mm -hmm. Although now they're saying it more and more. Yes. Which is great to see. Yeah. Yes. So so it's not specifically that, well, I mean, some people would say it is the unconscious, right? Manifesting the physical symptoms so you can then do what you need to do or not do what you need to do. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so much of what we, we think we're conscious of so much, but we're really not, not, which is... I don't know. It's hard to grasp. It's kind of like, well, are we really just 10% conscious and 90% unconscious? I don't know. Well, and what's what's amazing too is that I think the, the example that you gave earlier, which was something that happened in, when you were 14. And I think to your point, like we probably remember all of the big trauma experiences and a trauma with a lowercase t, not capital T, Um, trauma, like the trauma, as Mark Epstein would say, the traumas of everyday life that just happen because you're human, right? The, the situation with your friends, or I can think back to like, for me, a big experience, a big difficult experience in my life was going to sleepaway camp and feeling really alone and left behind and all of these things, which I know framed a lot of how I viewed my life and what it meant to be left somewhere and feeling that loneliness that very quickly when I feel now, I go right back to that, that time. It's like, oh, that loneliness is a familiar feeling. It's similar to that time when you were 10. But we have tons of experiences over the course of our lives that are little micro, little mini, mini T's, right? That we don't remember. Mm -hmm. And it sounds like this is a way to tap into those mini, mini, minis. Yes. And I would say it can tap into the big ones too, but I think that a lot of the mini ones, we don't, when they happen, they may be triggering, they may be upsetting, but we don't always know the appropriate way of processing them. So we just kind of like put them to the back burner. And for many of us, they just get stuck there and lodged there. And if, if we have enough of those events that are similar, that's when you can get re-triggered. And that's when you can create, or not create, but you can develop pain in your body, or you can have issues that are like, you keep dating the wrong guy. Oh, well, that's because you like, way back when you were younger, your dad was a certain way, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And all of this is just gotten to through you asking the right questions. Yes. And listening, listening in the right ways. So is there sort of like a checklist you take yourself through? Like, is this something from childhood? Yes or no? Is this something from 
And then is it from adolescence? Yes or no? Is it from, is that how it works? Um, well, it's more of like the, the, when I do it with people, it's really the muscle testing is guiding me, but over time I help my clients so that they don't become dependent on me per se, but I help them figure out how to use these tools or, or, you know, develop tools like this, even if they're not doing the muscle testing. Um, so it's kind of like something happens and, and you can ask yourself, okay, so like when in my life did something similar happen? Um, and to focus on and think about like, oh, was it like, um, was it with a relationship? Uh, was it with my family? If so, like, who was it with? Oh, it was like when I was 28 and I was dating that guy and he wasn't being very responsive. And like, then you just kind of sit with it and you can feel yourself be like, oh yeah, I never really, I never really gave that enough weight. I never really processed like what was really going on for me. Mm -hmm. Got it. So what is the, what is the success that you see with this? I do see a high level of success. Um, there have been a few people here or there that I remember this one woman and I only saw her for a few sessions because I was like, I'm not seeing exactly the same kind of results I want. However, it's kind of like the last session. It was like, oh, this is what's going on. Like you have difficulty receiving love from your husband. So therefore the pain takes over and it's easier to just focus on that. Um, sometimes it'll be something like that, but normally I will, I can, within the first session, like the intake, I can figure out with the person what is going on for them. And then each session after that, it's kind of like, okay, we figured out this thing, but maybe there are other issues around it. And people tend to, the thing that I love about what I do is that like people feel an immediate result. They feel better in that one session. Mm. Um, and then it just keeps getting better the more sessions that we decide they need. And is it a, is it a circumscribed treatment model or like usually by eight sessions or is it ongoing like therapy can be? Um, it's a little bit different than therapy. I mean, it would like, if it was therapy, it would be more like a short term treatment plan, but I typically, I try to make things specific to the person. Um, but typically, and so some people have gotten results in six to eight sessions and then other people need like 14 or 16 sessions. And so I normally don't see people for more than a few months. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's also so that I can help them maintain their results. So if someone would be like, oh, I'm all better after like two sessions, I don't need to come back. Well, I want to make sure that they have figured out their own ways of being able to figure out like what's triggering them to have those issues. So if they left and then came back like four months later, they wouldn't have the same results, which is why I do put everyone on a treatment plan of some sort, either like sometimes it's as little as eight sessions, but sometimes it's like. 15 or 20 sessions. Mm -hmm. Gosh, it's so it's so interesting. And I think my, my takeaway for everybody, and I'm just going to open it up for some questions in just a minute, is how many different options there are for people getting treatment. And that's always been the goal of mine is if something isn't working for you, don't give up. There are so many other options and ways that you might be able to go and ways that you might be able to find 
to, to treat whatever it is you're, you're dealing with. I'm so curious. I kind of want you to like try this on me. I know you had offered it up and we never, we never got it, the opportunity to do it, but it's like, if I don't have any acute physical pain, stress, anxiety, depression, what do you do? I mean, I guess I wouldn't come see you, but is there still (laughs) stuff that, that is there that you could clear? Yes, I can find things. Um, even if you say that there's nothing that you're working on, like there, there are different points in the body. There's like the brain point, um, even like the allergy point, vitamin B point, And they all have like, that's just like the entryway. That's just a point. And we find out if there's an emotional component to these points in the body. And then I find the emotion from there. And it's just something that's just kind of like underneath the surface that you may want to take a look at. Hmm. Interesting. But I also, I love what you said about like, there's so many different modalities out there and I've studied a a number of them and I keep coming back to this one neuro emotional technique. I've learned like if I take a few from like the lifeline technique and psyche and I add everything, but it's such good advice that like, if, if one technique isn't for you, then fine. There are like thousands out there, mm-hmm. and um, but to, to not give up because something's going to work. Yeah, and I think we find, I, I certainly find as, as a clinician, that which sort of resonates with me and the work that I do. And I think it sounds like for you as well, like this was something that really resonated with you and how you found your way to it was through your own experience. Right, exactly. And I think that's how a lot of us find the work that we do anyway, like there, why did I go into psychology versus becoming a lawyer? Right. Um, because I had, you know, personal experience with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to open it up for questions because we are live on Fireside, which has been so fun these days, having people come up on the stage and ask whatever questions they might have or make any comments that they might have. Serena, you're before we before we jump into that, you have a new, I don't know if it's a new, you have a book out, Pain a Love Story, which kind of chronicles your story as well as your clients' stories and your experience treating people with chronic pain. Right. Yes. It got published in February. Okay. Book. So where where can people find you if they're interested? And then we'll have people come up and, and ask questions if they have them, which I'm hoping that they do. <laughs> well, you can find the book on Amazon and you can find me at drserenasterling.com. And you do, um, you do phone consultations and everything. You don't, like you said, you don't have to be in person to, to be treated. Right. It's all via Zoom right now. So like the rest of our world. <laughs> except right. fireside which is now via fireside right. so if anybody has any questions i will give it sometimes it takes a minute or two for people to kind of ask their questions so if anybody has any questions and wants to come up go ahead and and raise your hand or this is always sort of the awkward part where we're waiting for someone, but they may or may not come up or have anything to say. I'm looking to see. Nope, 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 nope. So the icons above people's heads. Yeah. That's just, what are those? Those are, hi, John. John's joining us all the way from Australia. He's 
my oh, buddy wow. from Australia. Those are um, sound effects. So I can turn off the sound. Of, I, I mute them because they can be a little bit distracting, but I can turn them on. And then you can hear people clapping or oh, wow. thumbs up or. That's fun. So I guess if no one has any questions for us today, John joined us late. I don't know if he's reading the, uh, if no one has any questions, I guess we will wrap up. Sarah's back. Sarah was gone. Now she's back. Sarah, do you have any questions? Anybody have any questions for us today? Nope. Okay. Well, Serena, thank you so much for sharing. Oh, your I know. Yes. I wanted to offer your audience, whoever, whoever is interested, I'd be happy to offer you a complimentary session. As a thank you for being on the show, I'd love to offer your viewers a complimentary session. So oh. you, you do have to fill out the application. You just have to go to the website, say that you saw me here, and you'll get a comp. That's awesome. Session. So if anybody's listening and wants a complimentary session, you can get one, fill it out on the website, and that they saw you on Fireside? Fireside with you, yes. It's okay. a $275 value. So. Oh, wow. Well, there's only a small amount of people on here, so lucky them <laughs> if they choose to pursue right. it. Well, right. thank you, Serena, for your wisdom and your time today. It's always, for me, so fascinating. I'm always like, okay, this is another thing I want to learn about and incorporate into my work, and this, and this, and this, and this. So <laughs> it's hard to have enough time for it all, but exciting to, to give people... Yeah, other, other ways to, to heal. So thank you. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? Wondering what comes next and what it all means? Head over to Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, or anywhere you get your podcasts and hit subscribe. Also, if you could take a minute to rate and review my podcast, I would really appreciate it. Stay tuned as we continue to explore life, death, and the space between.